Blog Talk Radio. Why bother? 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not that cold here in Vermont, but um, it's cold. And in the words of Game of Thrones, winter is coming. So we yeah. got to get prepared. <laughs> but yeah, I'll tell other, you what, it was beautiful up at camp today. Yeah, actually, I mean, it's it's been nice. It's It's been colder out there, but it's actually been very nice. Um, actually, my nephews in California um, have had some fun. I don't know if they felt it as far as uh, Vegas, so I don't know if Charlie had any of this, but there was uh, – a 4.8 earthquake, which which isn't like what happened in San Francisco, you know, when when the when the Golden Gate Bridge, the top part collapsed down on the bottom part, and you know it wasn't a 7.0, but uh, I guess the 4.8 was uh, at least for my nephews, <laughs> they 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 felt it, they they got rocked around a little bit. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we don't have to worry about that here in Vermont and upstate New York. <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, we've, well had, we've, we've had yeah, some, I mean, that, but not, some, not like that. 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 That's something else that I've always, uh, you know, my my stunt friend Tom, who was born in, in Burbank, born in the Los Angeles area, uh, he absolutely swears that he would never want to be living up here because of a winter. And my attitude is I really don't want to be living in California because of an earthquake. I mean, you know, if you have a massive earthquake, all you can do is, is well, usually they happen in the morning. And this is, or at least this is what I've been told. And you basically ride around on your bed. I mean, you can't even get out of bed because everything's shaking. <laughs> so, so your bed is scooting around the room. Uh, dishes are flying out of uh, your cupboard. And uh, the last big earthquake that my friend went through, uh, Tom went through, the refrigerator fell over, you know, so the when the f- refrigerator fell over, the food was falling out of the refrigerator, like you say, dishes came flying out of his cupboard. I mean, you know, when, when we have snow or blizzard up here, Things stay in the same place. I mean, you, you turn on the heat, you you put on an extra layer of clothes. There's not much you can do with an earthquake. No, I I, I agree. I, and and actually, I've never I have visited California and I have visited Florida. I've never lived in either place, but I will say from my experiences that I would rather take. I would rather live here than down there for one reason. The heat, I really don't see a difference between the overbearing heat and the freezing cold. I don't think there's any difference from one extreme to the other. Oh, yeah. Well, that was that was the other thing. What was it about the two weeks ago, three weeks ago, California or Los Angeles area? Well, and I think Las Vegas uh they were getting 120. I mean, 
I I think I might have been in California with it over a hundred. You know, maybe a at bad the worst maybe a hundred and ten, but but a hundred and twenty. I mean, this is this is in like the San Fernando Valley and the Los Angeles area. I mean, you can't if if you have to go out to drive your car somewhere, it is so hot. 120 degrees plus an enclosed car makes it even hotter. You cannot grab the steering wheel of your car. I mean, if you if you accidentally sit down on your seatbelt buckle, you will burn yourself. Yeah, see, that's too hot for, for me. That's too. I've never, I've never really, really liked extreme heat, and so I really, I would rather be up here. You know, a little bit of cold. You know, it, it toughens you up. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll say the the well, well, the worst uh for for winter up here is um you know, I have a little Pekingese and I don't know. I don't, well, my parents had uh well, nickname is you, you call them Sammies, but the Samoyeds. I mean, they're semioids are like huskies. They're winter dogs, and and so when our dogs were outside, you know, it, they weren't bothered by the cold. We used to have well, we had we had two sammies at different times, but those dogs they just curl up and take a nap in the snow. Now, poor little Isaiah, the, my Pekingese. I mean. When when we have uh, ten below, twenty below, I mean, his poor little pads get burned, you know, frostbitten so quickly. I mean, it's like I have to take him outside to pee, and then I have to like quickly pick him up off of the the ice or the snow because because he starts limping. I mean, it hurts his it hurts his feet. But that's that's the worst of winter. For me now, is is yeah, just I, making sure that <laughs> that that his feet don't get really hurt, you know. And and then when I pick him up, I you know I start rubbing the pads, trying to warm them up as quickly. And you know, people have said get get booties or something for him, and I I don't think you know. Maybe some dogs tolerate booties, but I really doubt Isaiah would be that thrilled having me tie something to his feet. <laughs> My dog would chew him off in a heartbeat. They'd be gone. <laughs> yep. You know, the biggest thing for me, though, is when right, we're going to exactly. have a storm, <laughs> chew him right off. I, um, as long as uh, my snowblower is ready to go, as long as I have the oil changed and I have a fresh uh, – spark plug in it and I have gas in it. I, let it snow. You know, I'll I'll just stay inside and I watch the snow fall and when the snow is done, you go out, you spend a couple of hours cleaning it up and it's over. You know? Actually, you just reminded me, but I haven't even thought about it with the uh <laughs> with the I'll call it the lack of driving is usually before winter uh 
or right as winter begins, whether whether I've driven three. Well, I, I ch- actually I change oil at about five thousand miles. I mean, older cars, you do it at about three thousand, but um, usually. Well, here we go again. Is I haven't been driving that much, but but usually before the start of winter, I like to change the oil just that I have fresh oil going into into winter. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That, that's just a me thing. I don't know if that's a good idea, bad idea, but that's just a me thing. Well, no, you know, you're right. You want to have fresh oil because when it gets cold, the oil gets really thick and it doesn't flow. And so if it's dirty, that's just going to gum up even quicker. So, you you know, you want to have, you want to make sure that you're ready for the winter. It's a good idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, boy. Anyways, that, that, we, well, that, oh, I was going to, well, let me go ahead. When they first came out with that synthetic oil, I mean, obviously they must have improved it. Um, an employee that used to work at my father's drugstore, so I, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if we're talking 40 years ago now. Um, he had a truck. He had synthetic oil in it, and it separated. And he, and the engine in his truck froze, and I I think I don't know if it was the company or somebody did actually uh, cover it, but but like I say, when synthetic oil first came out, I guess I guess it wasn't ready for <laughs> freezing cold temperatures that we have up here. Yeah, we we and you know we get the cold, but but I don't yeah. mind the fall myself it, like like now we're up at camp and it might go down to 30 at night and then it's 65 during the day it's good sleeping weather you know yeah yeah well the, the other thing is you know uh the, they're crying about snow days or or cl- schools close with i, I don't I guess I, I'm feeling old now is that the only reason that we had snow days in Saranac Lake is the diesel in the buses would gel. And that was the reason that they would not have a school day, because they couldn't get the buses started. You know, they had some kind of heaters under the buses, but sometimes it would be so cold that even with the heaters under the buses, the the diesel would gel and they couldn't get the buses started and that's when we would have a snow day. I mean, just because it snowed, you didn't you didn't close the school for the day. I mean, it's well, <laughs> if it was that, well, like I say, if it, if that was really true of Saranac Lake, even right now, I mean, they still have more snow days than I remember when I was a kid. But boy, if it, if you're gonna close the school because of snow, I guess the Adirondacks wouldn't have any school. Well, Leslie, I I'm so old and crusty that I used to walk to school. We didn't have buses, so we we didn't have a lot of snow days. You walked. You got up in the morning. You put on your snowmobile suit like like the guy in Christmas Story, and you trekked off down the road to school. 
And we walked home for lunch, too. We didn't have lunch in school. My brother and I had to walk home, eat lunch, and then walk back to school mm-hmm. after lunch, then walk home when school was over. We didn't have buses. We, we walked. So we, we had very few yeah. snow days. I mean, we, we had to have a lot of snow uh, to have a snow day, I mean, significant amounts of snow. Well, and I'm sure in your area, as in my area, you know, you hear about, uh, like, New York City getting shut down or certain uh, cities getting shut down because it it snowed a lot. I mean, we have have all that equipment up here. I mean, you know, if it's snowing, they're they're continuously plowing the road and throwing salt or dirt down and, and... I mean, so we could have a lot of snow, and usually the town gets cleared up, uh, I'll call it, almost immediately. I mean, you could have a blizzard, and and, uh, and the plows are out. Yep, the good anyway. old days, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Like I say, oh. uh, I would rather... I would rather go through a blizzard or winter than go through an earthquake, a massive earthquake. Well, yeah, even the minor I'm not talking about like the 3.0 earthquakes. That almost is like a sneeze. But but I I have been I luckily I missed the big ones in Los Angeles, but I have been through a couple of ones where where the house shook and and you just kind of go uh oh, <laughs> that was an earthquake. I hope I hope it's done. <laughs> oh boy! Well, listen, guys, our phone number here is six four six 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 eight two four three three. The same number we've always had. The same number we have for all of our shows. And if you have a question for myself or Leslie, you just want to call and say hello. Please give us a call six four six 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 eight two four three three. And we'll get you live on the air. So last week, I don't know how it came up, um, but but we started talking about remaking things. And we just touched on it just ever so slightly. And I was sitting up at camp this afternoon on the deck with my dog, and Leslie texted me. And we're like, what are we going to talk about tonight? And I said, you know, we, we briefly talked about remakes last week, and I thought maybe that would be a good good topic to chat about tonight remakes versus reimagining you hear people say a lot of times well we're not going to remake it we're going to reimagine it and i'm like all right let's, let's talk to leslie about that what, what is the difference between a remake and a reimagining and is it ever really necessary to remake a movie should it just be left alone and so i thought we could have some fun talking about that tonight so if you guys want to chime in once again, the number here is 646-668-2433. And I want to start off with one of my with one of my favorites, a classic, King Kong. Now, the original King Kong, uh, 1933 or 36, I think it was black and white. 33. Uh, stop, stop, 33, yep. Stop action photography was used. Um, to make the apes and the, the dinosaurs and the giant snakes. And uh, Faye Ray, I think, was the damsel in distress. It's a great right, story. Faye. It's a classic, classic movie. 
And every Thanksgiving, now, yeah, got to remember the story I'm telling you when this, we didn't have VCRs, um, we didn't have the internet, um, but every Thanksgiving, the whole family would get together, and my aunt would go to the public library and rent uh, a movie projector and 33-millimeter film, and she'd get a roll of film, and we would watch King Kong. Uh, on a projector, on a movie screen. That was our big excitement. We didn't have VCRs, like I said, or any of this stuff. So we got to watch King Kong, and it was great. And every Thanksgiving, we would watch King Kong, the original black one King Kong. I grew up loving that movie, and it always reminded me of being a kid and gathering around and watching King Kong. It was great. 1933. Now, it was 1976. Yeah, 1976, I think, was the first remake of King Kong. Lloyd Bridges was in that movie. Uh, Rene Auberginois, who played Odo in Deep Space Nine, was also in that movie. And, okay, they changed it quite a bit from the original. Jessica Lange played the Fay Ray part. Um, It wasn't stop-action photography anymore. It was actually a guy in a rubber suit. Um, it was cheesy, <laughs> to say the least. King Kong scaled the World Trade Centers, which are no longer here, and he's attacked by jet fighters instead of biplanes. And uh, yeah, okay, so that's the first remake that I remember seeing. Did you did you see that 1976 version of King no, Kong? I, uh... I know, you know, I know that it was being filmed uh, down at MGM, and actually I heard uh, that that the hand almost crushed, uh, I forgot the actress, I mean, famous in her time, but but the hand almost crushed her. You know, they had the mechanical hand, and, and, uh, <laughs> and I don't know, yeah. I don't know. What went wrong? But <laughs> how'd you like? How'd you like a uh, um, um, <laughs> giant mechanical how'd you hand? Like a headline: <laughs> Crushed by mechanical gorilla's hand. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I, the only King Kong I've ever watched is 1933. So, you know, I seen, went to see this movie, and I wasn't overly impressed uh, with it. They changed the story a little bit from the original. Uh, the guy really looked like a guy in a suit. Okay, It didn't look like an ape. It looked like a guy in a suit. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I have it. I mean, I, I'll watch it every now and then. But it didn't it wasn't as good as the original, I didn't think. So that was King Kong. Uh, in 1976, uh, which did spawn a sequel called King Kong Lives, and I won't even get into how terrible that movie was. You guys can look it up on YouTube yourself. But that was my first adventure with remakes. But then in 2005, I think it was Jack Black, or he starred in it. Uh, uh, the guy that made The Lord of the Rings, Kevin Smith. No, that's not him. 
Mm. Jackson. Jackson. That's it. Peter Jackson, who did Lord of the Rings, did a remake of King Kong, and it was over three hours long. And this time, they had Andy Serkis, who played Gollum, and they put him in a, in a suit and, and actually animated him to look like a gorilla. And I don't know if you guys know Andy Serkis, but he, he's a master. And uh, he actually wore the suit, and they plotted a gorilla's movement and made Godzilla, uh, King Kong an actual ape, not a guy in a rubber suit. Not a stop action, but an ape. He moved like an ape. He looked like an ape. He was. It was phenomenal. And the 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 story pretty much follows the classic one. There's no there's no World Trade Centers and jet fighters like the '76 version. It follows the original pretty closely. Uh, on Skull Island, we actually have uh, some T Rex. We have some dinosaurs. We have some giant tarantulas. All kinds of of prehistoric creatures attacking them, which is really cool. A very, very long, long movie. But I felt that it was, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. And um, it's the version of King Kong that I think it, it was long. <laughs> but it, it, it felt like the original. They captured it. The effects were a, a much better. Um, the action was much better. Very long, though. I think that I think that Peter Jackson could have cut it in half. I don't think three hours and seven minutes it needed to be that long. It was like two movies, so uh, there was actually an intermission in it. It was so long, but um, I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it, and I thought that was a good version of King Kong. And as uh, yeah, and that's it. I think that's it. That's all we've had for King Kong. The original in 1933, the remake in 76, and Peter Jackson's version in 2005. Three versions of King Kong. Yeah, that's Yeah, it. and then and I, uh, there, there was... It wasn't half bad. I don't know what you would call it. There was a different studio that made uh, Mighty Joe Young, which which technically was was plagiarizing King Kong. Yep. Yep, I remember that one. So, how about let, let's talk about a movie that we always seem to lead to, and we're about to go there: Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> so, we had we had five original Planet of the Apes movies, starting with the original with Charles Heston in 1968, and we had five movies and a TV series that ran for a season on TV, and an animated series that ran for a season on Saturday mornings. And then in 2001, now here's where it gets tricky. In 2001, they decided to, now would you call it a remake or a reimagining? I'm not sure. But here's where it gets tricky, guys. Leslie and I talked about it last week. The original Planet of the Apes book by Jean-Claude Pierre, I think. Was that the author's name? Leslie? Whoop. Um, Jean oh, Pierre. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Pierre, I'm not sure if it's Blay or. It's French. The The story was written. It's it, it's a French author. It's not an American story. Um, in fact, if you read the book, uh, when the astronaut 
comes back to Earth. Um, I forget what airport it is, but it's an airport in France. It isn't that he landed at uh, uh, Kennedy or or anything like that. He landed in in France, I thought. Well, I'm saying even yes. in the movie. So in the 2001 version, it the the ending follows the book, like except they changed it to New York City, and um, oh. so that. That story is a little bit different than the original version, but something that Leslie and I, that got us on this topic is the original Planet of the Apes that we all grew up loving so much is not the original. The original movie, but the idea that we see in the movie is not the book. They, they changed the book dramatically for the movie, actually. If you read the book and you saw the movie, you'd be like, this isn't even the same other than the title, this is nothing like the book. Yet, Charlton well, Heston right. nailed the role. Is that it, if, if you Roddy read McDowell the book, it actually... were phenomenal. Yeah. And the apes looked incredible. But other than the title, it's not really the same. Now, the 2001 um, reimagining, remake, whatever you want to call it, more closely followed the book and especially the ending. So, what would you would you call that, Liz? Is that a remake or is that a reimagining? Well, okay. First, I want to say is what what is going on with writers or or what's going on with studios? I mean, is it just that you don't have? Well, then again, you still need a writer to write the new movie, but. But it seems like there's no original ideas out there anymore. You know, let's let's just make a remake of of the of what was a classic, and you know, we'll we'll change it a little bit. But uh, you know, it, it's like how many times are you gonna fill this? Um, I don't know what to call it. Um, it it's just. They know that they made money on the original Planet of the Apes and the sequels, and and they thought enough time. My attitude is they thought enough time went by that that they could make it again, and and no, hope they, that they, people were they would think of 1968 they, and they'd be willing to watch, well, and have watched more uh, Planet of the Ape movies. But now they, you they know, did, like though, they, is that if 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 you grew up apes, watching, they they changed the apes and made the they had gorillas and chimpanzees and they changed the apes, so they were more in tune with Andy Serkis's King Kong, where they actually uh, were more uh, ape-like than human-like. So they they changed that a little bit, um, uh, but. And the story is not the same. It's, it's quite different from the original 1968 version. It, it close, it's a little bit closer to the book, um, where well, I won't get into that. But it's a little. It's not. It's not the same movie at all. It's a totally different version of Planet of the Apes. But without Ronnie McDowell and without Charlton Heston, you know, it was a fun movie. But it just didn't have the impact on me that the original did, in my opinion. Um, 
Boy, I I, I just don't. Like I say, um, uh, I I can't think of. Um, this has been true of some movies, and right now I'm drawing blanks on it. But uh, you know, there have been authors that have written classic books, and Hollywood buys the book from the writer. And then they rewrite it and make a movie, and the writer now watches the movie, and and they're livid. They're so upset because they feel the movie has nothing to do with uh, their book anymore. You know, they you you've you've just taken the title and you know and promoted it as best-selling book. Blah 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 blah. People go watch the movie and they think that's what the book is like, and and the book, like I say, the movie has nothing to do with the book anymore. Right, they, they but it so um, much. you know, uh, well, part of what I uh, in in the cheat sheet that I sent you is that you got to remember 1968. Uh, John Chambers, the man that made Spock's ears, also made the prosthetics for for all the apes, and and I mean, we're, again, we're talking 1968. It took that long. And that brilliant of a man to 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 create these prosthetics. Well, in, in fact, we we had a show just about John Chambers. Is that he used to be um, a surgeon uh, for the army or the military, and his his original job was to you know people that had had their arms blown off or their legs blown off or or part of their face he made prosthetics to make them look complete again and and then he I don't know he just got this I I forget exactly how he ended up in Hollywood you know he left the military and he went to Hollywood but but he but he still had this knowledge of creating an ear or nose or an arm or leg, and uh, and that's exactly what I say. He made Spock's pointy ears, or or he was able to make a prosthetic that could go on top of a face that that you know the person looked like a chimpanzee or a gorilla or whatever, and. And again, we're talking 1968. I mean, films, films actually. I think the first moving, moving picture might have been 18. I don't know, 98 or something like that. I mean, um, and and in the late teens, early 20s, uh, you definitely were making movies, silent movies, but. You know, no one had really uh, perfected prosthetics. I mean, you know, uh, well, I go back, even though now I'm talking about Star Trek, um, so mid-60s, um, you know, other than Spock's ears, they didn't really use prosthetics. If if you were an alien, they just painted you dark brown if you were a Klingon. Um 
uh, you know, if if you were the Gorn, you're in a big rubber suit. Uh, if you now again, the brain. Um, I'm trying to think too fast, and I'm losing the words. If you were if you were that white gorilla with with the with the the points coming down your back. Mugatu. Yeah, I mean, it was a big, fluffy, hulky suit that that the person was wearing. I mean, they didn't they didn't have uh, CGI. The uh, you know confu- computer effects didn't exist. Um, I mean, not that you could do prosthetics for Gorn or or, or like say I'm sorry the, for the gorilla or whatever, but. Or, or I mean, like the gorilla almost was like, uh, um, uh, what what was that? Twenty thousand, whatever terror at twenty thousand feet or whatever. Well, the William Shatner Twilight Zone, you know, the gremlin on the, on the wing of the plane. That was just a big hulking suit that this poor guy had to wear. I mean, you're lugging around an extra 90 pounds and plus plus you're soaking wet so you so you weigh even more. But but that that's what they had back then. That's what you had to work with. Yeah, and then of course, um the actors in the suits, too, Kim Hunter and Roddy McDowell were phenomenal as as apes, but but Let's set the let's set the go ahead clock to 2011. They made a brand new Planet of the Apes movie called Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and they followed that up in 2014 with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and in 2017, War for the Planet of the Apes. And what makes this movie so significant <laughs> is. So, so if they make another one, is they going to say, if they make one in 2021, 20, 22, are they going to say, yet again, the planet of the apes? <laughs> well, the reason why I bring these three movies up is because these three movies uh, actually tie into the original planet of the apes because we never, planet of the apes never explained how Planet of the Apes became Planet of the Apes. So they went back yeah, and, and made a movie with the super flu that they're doing experiments on apes. The the, uh, the the virus escapes. It mutates. The apes become smart. The humans become stupid. And uh, I'm, I'm summarizing these three movies into one quick explanation, but the the humans become stupid over time. The apes become smarter over time. And the apes end up rising up and enslaving the humans and taking over the planet so that when Charles and Heston actually crashes here, the apes have, have long taken over the planet and humans are just mindless animals. And that's what those three movies end up telling the story of. So, you know, that's, that's yeah, that. But, but going back, you know, I can watch, I still love watching the 1968 Planet of the Apes. And yes, sometimes when Roddy McDowell speaks or something, you can see that his human teeth have been blacked out, and you know, so you see like a double row of teeth. And and I realize that um, today's audience expects perfection or expects CGI. I don't mind that I see the blacked out teeth. 
I mean, it it, it just you got to accept the movie for the story if you're going to look at it uh, because of the costumes. I I accept that it was it was phenomenal. It was it was so amazing uh to see these these chimpanzees or gorillas or orangutans actually moving their face. It wasn't this just mask over their head. I mean, they they were able to move their muzzle around and and they had expressions and I mean and and that again that was such a breakthrough in filming or 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 costuming and makeup. So Leslie, let's talk about a movie that's near and dear to your heart, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Back in 2011, I think it was 2011. I'd have to look it up, but uh, not too too long ago, they did a remake of. Nightmare on Elm Street. Did you happen to catch it? Oh, I again. I'm. Uh, I I just. I'm I'm not into sequels and remakes. I mean, I also because of my hearing. Well, forget about the virus, the the COVID right now, but. Um, because of my hearing, I can't even go into a movie theater anymore to watch a film. It just the sound, the sound is so distorted. I can't hear the movie. I mean, I can watch a movie on television with with uh, captioning on it, and that's that's the best I can do with movies. But but even even when I had good hearing, I, I don't know. I just. I just wasn't into sequels. I mean, and and except that that ugh, I'm about to say the other the other star movie is that I loved. Um, I gotta get the right numbers. I loved four, five, six, but I thought one, one, two, three. You know, well, I I saw one and I was so disappointed and. In the first, or supposedly the first chapter of Star Wars, that uh, I don't know, I gave up on Star Wars. I mean, I still love. Uh, again, let me four, five, and six. I mean that that was, you know. Again, I guess, I guess it was amazing. Well, and I got to see it at Groundman's Chinese Theater. Uh, Tom and I went, and I mean, it just was so amazing uh, when the ship came. You know, you had the crawl that that went up the screen, but but then you had the whatever. <laughs> I say, I I keep losing the names, but then you have the bad guy ship that just seems like it goes over the top of the screen and continues and continues. I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean that that was impressive. So and the story was like good. for me, for me Leslie, when when if you, I always refer to that movie as Star Wars. Period. That's it. Star Wars. There's no Episode Four. There's no Star Wars: A New Hope. Because when I saw it, just like you, it none of that existed. It was just called. 
Star Wars. And that was it. Period. End of story. Well, I think I think the crawl does say I think the crawl does say chapter three though. It it was called Star Wars, but when the crawl happened, I think it does say chapter three. Well, they they added that later. The the original was just Star Wars. There wasn't any chapter or anything. It was just Star Wars. They went and added that later. If you yeah. saw the original, you just like when I say Star Wars, what's your favorite movie? I say Star Wars. Someone says which one, and I know that I'm talking to someone who has. Who, uh, listen, if I say Star Wars, there is only one Star Wars. <laughs> there, these other ones, they're not Star Wars. There's only one Star Wars. Period. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, but they, well, you know, they did um, remake. They they did remake A Nightmare on Elm Street. It was terrible. It was lousy. Um, it was bad. They remade Halloween, oh. John Carpenter's classic. It was terrible. It was bad. Um, they remade Friday the Thirteenth. That one I, I was bearable. I, I you know, that one actually is not, you know, unwatchable. Well, Again, I don't know if this is a studio problem. Is that is that they have a a winning film, you know, a film that makes lots of money, and instead of going on to a new idea, they just think, oh well, we'll just do a sequel, and maybe that sequel will make lots of money, and you know, and we'll do it again, and we'll do it again, and we'll do it again, and and. Well, again, a trivia is, you know, like when they did the Flintstones, I guess people did like it or 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 it was received well or well enough that they felt that they were going to make a a sequel of the Flintstones. But John Goodman, who was playing Fred Flintstone, wanted way too much money for the second uh, Flintstone movie. So the way they got around it is they did a prequel. I mean, in other words, that was not the original idea it was supposed to be a sequel but because because the actor wanted too much but they wanted to they wanted to make money on the idea of the flintstones uh they just said oh well we'll just do a movie on how fred and wilma met we'll do a prequel you know well, that's sometimes, that's the sometimes Leslie. <laughs> I think it's it's rare, but there are cases where a sequel surpasses the original. It does happen. It happened a lot in the 80s. Um, Empire Strikes Back um, shadows the original Star Wars. I mean, Empire Strikes Back is just a phenomenal movie. Um, Wrath of Khan is another one that, if you ask Star Trek fans, Wrath of Khan is the Star yeah. Trek movie. What? Um, You'll probably disagree uh, with me, but but um, there's always been this rumor, and uh, well, 
I don't know because there's been so many new movies of of Star Trek. The original grouping of the Star Trek movies, it seemed to be the curse of the numbers. If it was an odd number, it usually was bad. If it was an even number, it was good. That's what they say. <laughs> like I say, you, you may disagree with me, but Rathacon was was movie number two. Yes, Wrath of yeah, Wrath of Khan, The Voyage Home, and The Undiscovered Country, two, four, and six. But um, I like all of the original Star Trek movies for various reasons. But my point is that sometimes a sequel it can be as good or even better. Look at Austin Powers, um, the the Spy Who Shagged Me, which was the second movie in the trilogy, is the one that a lot of fans will will like better than the first one, which was the International Man of Mystery. Um, so a lot of sometimes a sequel can actually be better than the original. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes it does. Well, and, Superman, well, Superman two, um, I thought was better than Superman one. I thought Christopher Reeves was phenomenal in Superman two, and to have three yeah, villains to yeah. battle him and Gene Hackman, I just felt that in Superman two. They had the nuances of their characters down, and they just sometimes they're just on pace, and they just do it right. <laughs> oh, Gene Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. I mean, now you got to talk about the actor. Well, again, you got to have a good script. Well, I I, I won't even say that. Sometimes it it doesn't have to be necessarily a good script, but if you have an amazing actor. I mean, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, it was so much fun to watch him. He was so evil, or or he, he was funny and evil at the same time, you know? <laughs> or 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 the the thing was, he bought all, up all the land in Nevada, and he was going to explode the, uh, I assume it was the San Andreas Fault, and... <laughs> And have California fall into the ocean, and then he'd have all this oceanfront property in Nevada. <laughs> that that was his plan. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, mean I, that that was the only now. Like I say, there are certain there are certain things in some movies that I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was fun to watch, but like where Superman. Uh, uh, goes flying around the earth in the opposite direction, you know, to to reverse the sprint to, to supposedly take it back in time. In my mind, I feel like everybody would have fallen over <laughs> or, or he would have ripped the atmosphere off the earth and people would have gone flying out into space. I mean, so 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 I thought, personally, I thought that was a silly idea, but but, you know, it it it's a movie flying around the earth in the opposite direction making it spin in the opposite direction uh, you know i i guess i guess i could live with it but i just thought it was a little silly but <laughs> yeah I that, that it. was that was <laughs> but i mean sometimes they do do it right but most of the time they don't unfortunately yeah. They don't. Oh, they, they botch actually, it um, 
since since we are talking about Superman and and I love watching the episodes. It's on Saturday and Sunday. Is the television show The Adventures of Superman with George Reeves, and I don't know which exact day, but basically this time. 68 years ago was the first time that we saw Superman flying on television. Now, Leslie, is Christopher Reeves related to him, or is it just a coincidence that they have the same name? Uh, it's it's an absolute co- coincidence. George Reeves and Chris Reeves are not not related, but it's okay. kind of boy boy. You talk about like the the. Uh, well, this has kind of been disproven now too, but it it used to be that anyone that played Jesus somehow ended up cursed, you know, they died young or something happened to them. Um I mean, Superman George Reeves, uh I truly believe he was murdered. I don't think he committed suicide. Um I don't know if you know that whole story was I guess there was a party and and he left the room and then some somehow well this is this is the point that makes it strange he he didn't use a gun supposedly he was able to put a rifle to his head and and kill himself commit suicide I I, I, I don't know I I I believe he was he was dating a gangster's girlfriend. So, well, so it just that. makes the whole thing suspicious. But um, you know, so George Reeves died of of a, a bullet. Well, I say strange that bullets would bounce off of Superman, but obviously a bullet did not bounce off of George Reeves. Uh, then Chris Reeves, you know, he's riding the horse, and 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 uh, I guess he fell off when the horse took a jump, and it broke his neck. Yeah, and he was paralyzed like from yeah. you know he's a quadriplegic for many years. I mean, he kept. He kept hoping that somehow, some miracle, that he was going to walk again. But, but you know, you you snap your your spinal cord or you damage your spinal cord that bad, and until they come up with a bionic spinal cord, or or um, I think what they're coming up with now is. Uh, sort of like what was used in Alien is that you know they have the mechanical outside suit that that they could put a human body into, but you know it's really the the mechanical device that that's making the body work. The obviously the legs and arms really aren't working anymore. I don't know. I'm getting way off subject, and believe it or not, we're almost at. That. The end of an hour. <laughs> but, I, I can't um, believe it. Yeah, no, that's, that's no, incredible. It, it, <laughs> it it's just really strange that uh, the television Superman and the first movie Superman met with fates that uh, Superman would not have normally died of or or been injured of. Yeah, so you're right, Leslie. We're down to four minutes. I cannot believe how quick an hour flies by, but it did. And you guys, don't worry, because Leslie and I will be back same bat time. Oh, yes, 
Speaking of Batman, uh, it would have been Adam West's birthday today, actually. Was it was it yesterday? Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Uh, the original <laughs> I Batman's know. I've birthday. I've been on Facebook, and I swear there there's been a bunch of Star Trek birthdays in the last week or so. Yeah, I think, oh, I think the original. Oh, and Batman. Oh, that I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see uh, the Adam West birthday was just recently. Yeah, um, that one I, I that think, one I missed. I think it was Saturday or Friday. Uh, Adam West. So happy birthday to Adam West. That would have been his birthday. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, now so I, I just watched an episode of that. Uh, you know, the, uh, that comes on right after uh, uh, September 19th, so it was yesterday. So don't worry, guys. Leslie and I will be back, same bat time, same bat channel next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we got our Planet of the Apes in for tonight. And uh, we'll be back with another show next Sunday. Make sure you head over to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page and say hello to Leslie. She would love to hear from you. And if you have a topic for a show, a suggestion, shoot us a message there at the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page, and Leslie and I will definitely talk about whatever topic it is you'd like to have us discuss. I want to let you guys know that tomorrow at 7.30, we have Comic Corner right here, same, same, same setup, same phone number. And then on Thursday, we have Trek Talking. So we've got a lot of, of fun stuff to talk with you guys about, so stay tuned. Check it out on our Facebook page for more details. And Thursday night, we'll be talking about the latest episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, the new animated comedy, which is currently on CBS All Access. So if you guys haven't watched that, please check it out. And that lady's telling me that we're just about out of time. So I want to say thank you very much, Leslie, for hanging out and talking with me tonight. It's always fun to talk with you. Thank you, Leslie. Oh, I always love talking to you. It's 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 so much fun reminiscing or 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 just discussing films and television in general. It just I enjoy it. Well, you know what? Maybe next week we can talk about Batman. Just an idea. We'll talk about it when we're not on the air, but maybe. There's a lot of Batmans to talk about, so maybe we can do that. Anyways, uh, we're down to 60 seconds, so, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe we could do Batman, Leslie. We we got that TV show. We got up-teen movies. I mean, we could talk about Batman if we wanted to, Um, but... Yeah, that, that that's interesting. I mean, a, a real quick trivia is actually what happened is they made the movie before they made the television show, but uh, I'll have to look it up. For some reason, they decided to show the television show first before they released the movie. So, so I'll have to look it up and see, see why they released uh, the movie later. You know, so why guys, would you film week, a movie first and put it on a shelf and then do a television show and then release the movie? So you guys can find out the answer to that and so much more next week when Leslie and I tackle. Man, there you go. There's our topic for next week. <laughs> so uh, I'm, 
I'm Uncle Jim, guys. Thank you very much for listening, and it's been great to chat with Leslie. It was great to have you guys tune in. Make sure you check out our Facebook page. Check out Comic Corner tomorrow, Trek Talking on Thursday. Visit Leslie at the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page, and uh, we'll talk to you all again next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night. Night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.